Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. And we are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. Hold up, let me get this music together. <laughs> We're promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and it is our goal that every time we are here on the air, and we have not been on the air for a while, but we're going to deal with that later. Every time we're here on the air, we are hoping to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, being, and impacting the world around you. And we're glad that you join us. Of course, there are several ways you can help us, and you can join on this illuminating journey. Uh, the first way, if you'd like to get your thoughts, your comments, dialogue, commentary, two cents, four cents, six cents, a dollar in, you can do it live by calling 347 Two three seven five two three zero. That's the number to call to get that on the air. Also, the um, well, I don't think we have the chat room is not open. We'll try to get the chat room open if we can. Um, um, I don't know if we'll be able to do that today, but um, that's one of the ways you can join us. Uh, chat room, of course, you can always follow us on our Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook. Uh, Pastor Lorenzo Neal's Zero Network on Facebook. You go there. You see all the archived shows. You can put your comments there on the uh, under the current topic that we're going to be talking this discussing today. If you like, um, that's one way you can do it. Also, you can shoot us up, uh, follow us on Twitter. The show handle is at Zero Radio, and my personal handle is at Prophesy P R O P H E P S I, as in Kappa Kappa Psi, not the Kappa Alpha Psi. No, anyway. <laughs> um, also, you can send us an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. It's my email. You can send that, too. Follow us on all our social media. We're all on Twitter or anything else, Instagram. We're on there. And, uh, of course, Facebook and Blog Talk Radio. You can go there and listen to all our archived shows. And we want to thank you for your support in these last seven years that we've been able to do this, sh- this show. And we're glad that God has allowed us to do it. And we still have people listening. Now, uh, I haven't been, able, as I mentioned in the intro, I haven't been on the show lately. We haven't been able to do it. We've been sick. I mean, when I tell you sick, man, it was crazy. We closed out August with our annual conference, uh, uh, the South Mississippi Annual Conference there. And we held it in Brookhaven, Mississippi. And um, apparently we were sick during that time, but we were too busy running, <laughs> doing a whole lot of stuff. So when we got back, um, turned out we had a sinus infection. Then we had some food that was not good that turned into a stomach bug, and it was just not good. Last uh, the month of September was not good. <laughs> I tell you, it, it's like um, whatever you can. Uh, well, you know, uh, several things happened, um, but God, God is still gracious and good, and I'm glad that I made it through the month <laughs> of September. But our hearts and prayers still go out um, to those who have been affected by various things that's happened over the last several weeks, including hurricanes and as most recent shooting on this past Sunday uh, in Las Vegas. And we're going to talk about that. And, and, and though our topic, 
I, I put the topic as natural disasters. I, I mean, it's going to be, we got a lot to it. It's, it's going to be packed, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to uh, all of it, but that's why I'm jumping right into it right now. Um, for from the NFL and Trump to uh, Puerto Rico and Trump to um, it, it, it's a lot of stuff. Um, of course, the shooting in Las Vegas, and we're going to try to talk about all of that and what does Scripture have to say, if the Scripture has anything to say about it. Um, what should we as Christians, particularly how active and engaged should we be in situations like this? And um, and um, primary, and the other question, I guess, is, is this just ordained of God? Is there nothing we can do about it? Is this just something God is doing to bring a, us a Aware of what he's going to do in the future Is it something leading up to something greater um, Is Trump the Cyrus For the United States The King Cyrus As King Cyrus was to uh, Israel Is that the case So we're going to be talking about all of that But I first want to um, Try to pack all of What's been going on just since Sunday 58, 59 people Dead Hundreds, at least 500 injured uh, by a lone gunman who somehow managed to get at least 23 guns, weapons, into a hotel room, Mandalay Bay Hotel, on a very high story. I think it was 32nd story, uh, 32nd floor of the hotel, and somehow... uh, Burst the windows open, uh, shattered the windows, and was able to just rain down gunfire on innocent concert goers. And of course, this has already been politicized uh, left versus right, pro gun versus anti gun, uh, gun control versus Second, Commit- Second Amendment. <laughs> All of these things, and I, I understand. I understand after such a shooting, after such a tragedy, we have to shift blame and we have to bring calls and we have to say this is why. When in reality, we don't know why. This this person who committed this crime had no, literally, literally no history or anything, had wealth. He was a gambler. Some are trying to uh, say, conspire and say that he, uh, because of gambling debts, he did this. Uh, his own family can't understand um, what triggered it, and I've I've been on the dark web and well not the dark web but I've been on various websites and seeing various theories, including something like the Manchurian uh, uh, effect where he was triggered, you know, the government triggered him to carry out this weapon and this this mass destruction. Now, what's scary is there have been. Um, see, this is the one hundred and this is the eighth mass shooting just in twenty seventeen. There've been eight so far. Now, mass shooting has been defined as uh, four or more persons who have been shot. Uh, uh, that's that's what it's described as. That's the basic running definition. And I'm getting all this information. If you're not aware, I'm part of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, as well as the Every Town for Gun Safety Survivor Network. So I I'm a survivor of gun violence, and uh, you know you know my story. My mother, if you didn't know, my mother was killed, and just last year, all a matter of fact, we're about to celebrate the first year anniversary of my nephew being killed last year. Um. So I, I've been a pro, pro uh, uh, anti-gun violence or gun violence prevention is more accurate. Gun violence prevention advocate for at least the last year or so, and I'm gonna share some of the things that I've been able to do um, since I've been in this role. Uh, but anyway, so shooting just in 2017. This is the 162nd. Mass shooting since 2009, when every town uh, began um, monitoring and uh, tracking shootings in, in the United States. And uh, again, that in a mass shooting is described as uh, 
when more than four persons, four or more persons are are injured or killed. Okay. Um and so, you know, we've seen this and uh it it seemed to be peaked it seemed to have peaked during Obama's era. We saw more during uh uh the Obama uh presidency and, and it was it was sad how he had to he had to be sort of like pastor in chief during his term. And we we I mean I discussed that and several other persons noticed that he had that role more so than any other president before him. Um, you think about Sandy Hook, you think about Virginia Tech, you think about um uh Senator uh, Giffords and down there where she was shot, think about um there are many others we can we can name. So so many others uh that we can name that involved uh mass shooting. And you think about <laughs> and 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 I'm not pulling the race card but statistically most of them were committed by persons uh non persons of color, they white folk. We did have uh a mass shooting here in Mississippi, uh but it was a singular event where we had where one man just basically his wife left him and and he killed just about all of her relatives. Immediate, you know, he went killed at least eight people, uh, injured several more. Um, and but but that was not in a singular space, you know. He drove places. Anyway, I remember back in 2001, shortly after uh, George Bush was elected, George W. Bush was elected, and there was the shooting spree uh, with uh, John Muhammad. I think that's his name. Um. But anyway, you know, he went around just randomly shooting and killing people. And uh, at first it was in the Washington, D.C. area. Then he moved down south. And he went several places just randomly shooting people. And um, people were afraid for their lives because they didn't know. And, and then you think about the Pulse nightclub shooting that happened last summer in Orlando, Florida. Well, I think there was about 48 people, give or take. 40, over 40 people who were killed. Again, this person, um, they were trying to attribute to some jihadist, um, you know, that he he was Muslim. Of course, he was Muslim, but uh, it turned out he may have had he may have been reacting to his uh, um, gender conflict, you know, his sexuality conflict. And we, but we don't know. Uh, either way, these mass shootings. Cause a great, a great schism in the country because it 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 brings up the reality of the senseless gun violence in our nation. And I'm pro gun, Second Amendment, pro Second Amendment. I'm all of that. I am for it. I believe it. I, I have weapons and. Um, um, my family, you know, grew up weapons, grew up shooting. We played with guns. We played with toy guns, not real guns. <laughs> and I grew up in an urban neighborhood where, unfortunately, gunshots were a bit more common than they are in the suburban areas. And where I pastor now is the same thing. Gunshots are more common. That It's so common that we become numb. You know, okay, somebody's shooting every, every other night, especially during the summer. It, you know, I, I get tired of hearing the gunshots and trying to figure out where they're coming from. You can't determine where they're coming from, and then trying to and hoping and praying that no one was killed or no one was injured. It's, you know, um, and, and most times it's this here in my neighborhood. I don't know about anywhere else, and I know I'm getting off on a little tangent, but in my neighborhood, what it is is just guys get these guns and they just got to show off. I got a gun, pow pow pow. I don't know what to do with it. I got a gun, pow pow pow. Look at this! Look, it feels good. I shoot it. I feel good. I I don't know how to go out to the range. I I can't afford to go out to the gun range. I can't afford to go get a license. I bought this from somebody else. I don't know who's it, where it came from, but I got a gun. Pow pow. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, the 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 rhetoric is, and I saw some cart. I saw a cartoon about gun legislation. If you pass gun legislation, the the um the the rhetoric is. The argument is that if you pass stricter gun legislation, that it will hinder those law-abiding citizens who have 
um, guns. It would hinder them, and it would make them more accessible to those who are criminals. And those criminals are the ones who we should not be living having guns. And the reality is that person, this person who committed this heinous crime in Las Vegas, purchased every last one of his weapons legally, absolutely legally. He had no problems whatsoever. The gun shop owner who sold one of the gun shop owners who sold him the weapons, several weapons now, not not all at one time, but over a period of time, um, you know, and they probably just assumed that he was a gun enthusiast. There are a lot of gun enthusiasts. I know several who collect guns and they collect ammunition that they know is both antique and wonderful. They you know, these are gun enthusiasts, just like you have car enthusiasts, just like you have music enthusiasts, you have movie enthusiasts. These persons use guns, see, view guns as as a work of art, and they viewed it as a recreation. And, you know, it, and I'm telling you, having handled a weapon and uh, several powerful weapons, I know the, I, I, the, the adrenaline rush is amazing. Okay, but but this person purchased these guns legally. This person had no criminal record. This person displayed no um, no signs of mental illness. So um, so what triggered it? What caused it? We don't know, and we won't know, because everyone who was intimately acquainted with him has the same question: Why? They don't question the how. He had the means of doing what he did. They don't question, um, you know, why he went to Vegas. That what they do question that. But he had again. He was a gambler, so why not go to Vegas? <laughs> and the staff, the hotel staff, hotel security, they didn't question because again, there are this particular. Um, talking about Las Vegas, it's always conventions. There are always things going on. The NRA had a meeting there one time. And people brought their weapons. Las Vegas, uh, Nevada is an open carry state or concealed carry state. Not quite open, but um, concealed carry and um, I, you can have your weapon. If he had five weapons, it still would have been a problem because they were all obtained legally. He probably stored them safely. Uh, and I'm quite sure he was fully aware of all that because uh, – think about that. Now, he he packed them carefully. He concealed them carefully. He was able to get – he didn't smuggle them in. He brought them in with his luggage. He had been in the hotel for at least four days. Now, that that single incident wipes out all the arguments against um, um, common gun sense um, legislation. Common sense gun legislation, but here's the thing: nearly 60 people lost their lives. Hundreds of people have been impacted by this, and it will be ingrained in their lives and their memories for the rest of their lives. This moment, we and you know what's sad: people were already talking about the anniversary. The media, and I'm speaking in very general, are. This is good for their ratings. This is something they needed. They needed something. And in some cases, they needed something to bash Trump to see how he would react. In some other cases, just just needed something to boost their ratings. They needed an event because people were getting dull and bored um, from you know the NFL Trump feud and the Russia. Um, Collusion, few uh, things. They would, you know, that's that's quickly. They just needed that bump, and they got the bump. But the question then becomes, how are we as believers to react to this? What do we do? Aside from pray, and prayer is wonderful. We should be doing that. Matter of factly, um, let me go ahead and do this. Um, this not this Sunday, but Sunday. October the 15th, you can put that on your calendar, Sunday, October the 15th, has been designated as Survivor Sunday. Um, and I am one of the leaders of this um, particular 
movement that is happening. And um, for those of you who may be wondering what Survivor Sunday is, I'm going to give you uh, the link here. Okay, I thought I had the link, but apparently I don't. Um, Survivor Sunday is the day that we're designating specifically for churches and faith communities to pray for victims and survivors of gun violence. Um, we're asking, particularly for those who are more uh, evangelical Christian, conservative, right-leaning or center-right-leaning churches, congregations, faith uh, reformations, to bring themselves and their members a greater awareness that gun violence such as this is more than just a media opportunity, that people are directly, humans are directly impacted by this in more ways than you can imagine. The trauma that happened from that event and events like this, all 162 of them that have happened since 2009, stays with those families, stays with those survivors, stays with those people until they die. I was reading on um, reading an article on um, oh God, what is it? Yeah. Online, I just put it this way, but there was an article about one of the survivors who, while he was safe, while he was saved, two persons next to him were killed, and he is wrestling with the question, "Why am I still alive?" Survivor's guilt. I, I, I know that feeling all too well. I can identify with him. The question of why, why didn't it happen to me? Why didn't I? Why? Why am I still alive? Why is it that I was injured but I survived? Why is it that they who were younger than him, I believe, if I understand it correctly, were younger than him and they survived, uh, they did not survive? Why couldn't God have allowed him to go and save them? And those are the questions we ask. Um, anytime we have the question of evil, why is there evil in the world? Why does God allow something to happen? And when you think about the hurricanes, when you think about the earthquakes, when you think about all of the uh, natural disasters that's happening, and I'm not talking about, I'm not, ta- I'm thinking about, I'm talking about things that we have no control over, absolutely no control over. We cannot control a person's volition. At least I don't believe we can. You know, there are people who say we have mind control, the government has mind control, and that the government can't do all of this. <laughs> I, I don't know. There are people who are saying that the or, the government is orchestrating these events. I I do I doubt that, but you know they they can have their opinion. We cannot control weather, though some people say that the government has instrumentation to do so. Uh, and so and, and, yeah, you know they can make they can uh, make rain. They can do that, but that's a scientific principle. Um, while we can predict. Earthquakes, likelihood, we can't, and we can predict hurricanes. We cannot predict all of the things that happen in the process. We can in, encourage people to, to evacuate, but when you're on an island like Puerto, Puerto Rico or an island in the Caribbean that just has no means of really, you know, here in the States, we can get in our cars, we can drive across the interstate, we can go to another state, go to another area and evacuate. But think about it, in the rural areas of Puerto Rico and the rural areas of Caribbean islands like St. Martin and others, the um, U.S. Virgin Islands that were devastated, and uh, Kirk, Tycho, Kaikos, I can't, you know, but you understand, those islands that were devastated where people didn't have those means of really escaping. And the question then becomes, why does it happen? Why does God allow it to happen? How could this have been prevented? How could somebody have prevented what they didn't know? Um, and yes, they um, no one, according from what I understand, had information about this person who committed this crime. And because they didn't have that information, you know, he was not on the scope. But we shouldn't have to worry about 
being outdoors. You know, we shouldn't have to worry about being in concerts, movie theaters, schools, nightclubs, churches. Um, we shouldn't have to worry about, and even though my church has an armed security team, uh, persons who have been designated specifically to, if there's a threat in the church, they have been trained, they are aware, and they know what to do. I didn't want that, but I understand I understand, you know, the, they passed the law. Uh, Mississippi uh, legislature passed the law after Charlotte, uh, um, not Charlottesville, after um, Charleston. And and although I argued against it and lobbied against it and uh, advocated against it, uh, I did realize, and I do realize, uh, the environment that we live in today is not the same as it was 20 years ago. It's not the same as it was 10 years ago. It really is not the same. And the only thing that we can do is pray. <laughs> I know y'all was probably saying something else. No, we can pray, but we must also be active. I'm going to take a quick break, and when I get back um, from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about these things, these incidents, these, um, the patriotic, patriotism argument and all this stuff. Um, it, I I know. It is what it is. But let me take this break, and I'll be right back. Progressive.com makes it easy for us to get the right home insurance. Progressive can't protect you from becoming your parents, but we can protect your home and auto. Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realize that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to their site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. Great day in the land. Um, I, you know, I, it's hard to believe it's October already. I mean, the year has gone by so fast. 
and we're already here in October. It's just amazing to me. Um, so, <laughs> hey, glad to be in October again. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Thank you for joining us, tuning in. Uh, so today we're talking, uh, we're trying to, you know, mash up all the stuff that's happening. And we led off with, the sh- in the last segment, led off with the shooting in Las Vegas. And again, our prayers, our thoughts, and our condolences go out to the families of those victims and to those survivors um, and to the concert, uh, the artists who, again, you know, um, it's just, it's just right. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I was reading again across the web. You find some interesting stories, and I know the gun debate is, is, is coming up. Uh, will be coming up. How it will be shaped is the question. Um, because there's a current bill that's going through the house. At least it was. Now it probably won't even come to the floor anymore. Uh, but it was about um, um, hearing act, and the hearing act was basically. Um, for those persons, it was a gun legislation that basically said um, um, for those sportsmen who, hunters and things like that, had language about the environment, had language about, um, you know, uh, shape, uh, uh, things that guns can do to um, protect the environment, gunmen and and. Uh, manufacturers and all of that. So it was it the 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 gist of it sounded pretty good. But then there was an amendment to it about silencers that the the NRA was pushing, and that basically this uh, the, it was saying mufflers basically was saying that they wanted to make it easier for persons to be able to purchase a silencer. And someone said they just wanted to eradicate the. Um, the background for that, uh, the application process for that altogether, and that's horrible. And of course, as media was presented, you know, um, adding to the argument, if people had not heard the shots, there could have been greater uh, damage, more kills, more killing, more people dead, officers and first responders not being able to really uh, do their job. And you got to get commendations again to those first responders of Las Vegas Police Department, EMT, and the hospitals, all of that. It was just, you know, they were just on point. But anyway, I digress. Um, before I, before I, I, I got into that, you know, I believe President Trump is visiting Las Vegas today. That's a whole different thing I don't even want to get into. Um, at least not now. <laughs> but what, what, um, all of this, 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 all of this things that's happening from the natural disasters of the hurricanes and earthquakes in Mexico are still a part of a bigger question that some people are trying to answer. I know some people were buying into the September 23rd, and I tried to do a show about that, um, but you're talking about technology just not a just not cooperating. I couldn't even, my phone wasn't even working, so I couldn't even call. Uh, the. Uh, so it was crazy. <laughs> so I, I, I wasn't able to do that show. Um, but the question, you know, it was the September 23rd, uh, as it has been for several, I don't know how long, predicted as the, the day the world would end or the day when the rapture would happen or some significant, Event would signal the end times, the, the the coming of Christ, and all of that. Of course, you know, it came with, it came and it went, just like all the other things that that uh, events that's supposed to be that way come and go. And here we are in October, and there's no immediate signs of Christ's return, and um, so we're supposed to live until He returns. We work while His day, the night is coming. We won't be able to work. Um, and so forth and so on. You read scripture, then you, you know, you know the routine. Um, but the way our country is right now, we are realizing how ill-prepared we really are as a country um, to really serve our present age, to 
love our neighbors as ourselves, to follow the commandments of Christ. We 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 we're realizing this more and more, the divisiveness that has long existed in this country, and is proving not just to be a race issue, but a heart issue. And by heart issue, I'm not just talking about the disjunct and the dissonance between races, you know, that's being played out right now. Um, But I'm talking about the fact that even as Christians, we are not dealing with the heart. We're finding that there are people who are professing Christ who believe crazy things. And are expressing it in in ways. Now I'm, you know, there are people who are trying to say this that 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 killer, uh, the, the killer, in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, you know, shared some leftist views or shared some right, you know, uh, alt right views. That that can't be collaborated or proven at all. Matter of fact, his brother has gone on record saying he had no beliefs or whatever. That he was aware of, he didn't believe in God. He didn't, you know, he had no religious belief. He had no uh, racist belief. He had no political beliefs. He was just your average, average Joe. Now, you know, I don't, I don't know that, and I really don't can't argue with the brother. You know, uh, I don't know how how close they were, but what I do know is that America has a major heart. Issue. This month is in in Mississippi is recognized. The month of October is recognized as Racial Reconciliation Month. And um, last last week, uh, the one organization that I'm part of called Mission Mississippi held a uh, is is uh, reconciliation um, meeting conference summit or whatever you want to call it, where um, for the day, blacks and whites in particular, and other ethnic groups got together to actually deal directly with the issue of race. And, of course, you know, in Mississippi, that's that's been an ongoing thing since its founding 200 years ago, since it became a state. We've always had to deal with this issue of race. As a matter of fact, that's just about all southern states had to deal with the issue of race. And um, it was grieving to me listening some people talk the way they did about uh, these NFL athletes for kneeling or standing or locking arms and owners, uh, people, you know, burning NFL paraphernalia, canceling NFL, you know, their, their subscription to the television, all kinds of stupid stuff. And I'm like, y'all are idiots. I, I really, I, yeah, they were really, they're really idiots for doing that because they're going to make profits. People are still going to the game, and uh, you have conservative hosts like Sean Hannity and Limbaugh and all those guys talking about ratings going down. That's irrelevant, you know. <laughs> People want what they want. Their pastime. They're not going to go back to watching baseball because baseball doesn't give the same thrill as it once did, uh, as does football does now, and baseball. No, I'm not even going to. I'm not even going there. Um, but see, what what was 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 disturbing to me, um, and I was trying to get this clip, the play where you could hear it. Um, um, after the Trump made his statements about two weeks ago, two three weeks ago, where he stated that those uh, NFL players who did not properly. Um, Salute or do whatever you did you do for the for the flag should be fired. He called them sons of bitches and and he said that the NFL team owners should fire him. Of course, you know he's famous for saying you're fired. That's Trump's that's Trump's new trait. You know that became his trademark. And of course he, he's sticking to his his uh, t- television moniker. Because look at most of his cabinet. <laughs> a lot of his staff have gone already, and it's only been six, uh, eight months, uh, or what, ten months? 
uh, almost 10 months. And he can't keep a stay, you know. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so the incendiary remarks that were spoken directly to his base, and you know, that, that scared me because I realized that those people know that he is literally um, fanning the flame of racial discrimination because most of the players that they admire are black, both at the college level, at the high. Matter of fact, just all sports, you know, is is rare to see uh, non-persons of color on sports team that's not soccer, not hockey, um, not rugby. You understand what I'm saying? The, the the sports that bring in the money, football, basketball, uh, primarily people of color, black, you know. Um, and so it was hurtful when uh, Pastor... Um, Hope Carpenter, who, along with her husband, um, are founders of, uh, what's this church name? Um, They're founders of Redemption Church in North Carolina. When she got to, when she made a Facebook post that said, um, that basically was on the front, um, um, to those athletes, black athletes, and I'm trying to pull it up, but I'm having problems pulling it up. So, but anyway, uh, so she made the comments on her Facebook page, and of course it went it went viral. And her husband, Pastor um, um, Ron Carpenter, and I've seen Ron Carpenter on television uh, a couple of times, and. Um, Pretty cool guy from what I've seen. I don't know anything about him, or I don't know much about his ministry either. Um, but I know he's um, well established in the Word of Faith, probably. You know, I don't know. But anyway, um, he made a video apologizing on behalf of his wife, uh, and and his wife has since made a video apologizing, and both. Expressed well, I, I I listened to his and, or read his statement, and he basically said, "Look, I there's just some stuff I didn't I didn't know, and you know I'm ignorant too. So please teach me. You know I'm willing to learn what I need to know to be a better pastor, be a better man, uh, you know, and brother in Christ. And so his wife has since um uh Oh yeah, she said. Uh, this is what she said. Said in response to the kneeling, said, "This will not fix racism. Duh. Only Jesus. If you want to kneel, then you better be praying to the one and only who can heal our land." Now, when you hear, you know, she has a point. You know, kneeling won't fix racism. Of course not. <laughs> but it is a way to engage in the conversation about racism, discrimination. And it goes back to, the the whole thing goes back to Colin Kaepernick, or however you say his name. I, I've heard it said so many different ways. Anyway, um, he knelt. Well, first he sat, and then he was approached by uh, uh, a military person who said the appropriate thing to do if you want to protest, if you're angry or anything like that, uh, you don't, you kneel. Kneeling is a form of is, is is similar to the flag being lowered half staff in recognition that um, there's a, there's a, a tragedy if there's something that nationally tragedy right. But kneeling also is, is you know it's humility. It's saying that I understand the uh, the greatness of the weight of this situation. In particular, he was talking about. Um, regarding police brutality, uh, well, I don't even want to say brutality, but since the the killings of unarmed black persons, men and women, uh, by police, you know, the agitation that it caused when they were um, not convicted or they were um, 
found not guilty. And, you know, that's what he was protesting. They turned that into him being unpatriotic and about the military and all that. And it, it's not about the military. Everybody knows it's not about the military. Um, it is about the social injustice that uh, people of color are being faced with every single day in this color, in this country. There's nothing you can do about that. I mean, well, there's plenty you can do about it. <laughs> There's plenty you can do about it. Action that he took, that he felt was the best action to do in response to how he felt and his perspective. Now, I I, I didn't like the fact that he wasn't a registered voter. And though I commend his action, I'm like, brother, you got to put some action to the, to the, the other action, you know. If you're going to protest, you better be willing to go into the booth and protest too. But it doesn't either here nor there. Um, so as all these persons begin to kneel, all these athletes begin to, to kneel as part of the brotherhood of the, the, the NFL. And when Trump talked about it and incited this egregious, egregious uh, reactions from persons of non-color, uh, then you saw white team owners standing with their standing behind their brand because they realize the value of the action you know they they see them both as profit and as persons <laughs> and it's sad that most people only see them they don't see them as purpose as person i was talking to a friend and he was bad um you know he has a fantasy football team and one person got injured, and he was like, man, this is affecting my fantasy football team. I'm like, dude, a person is injured. The only thing you're thinking about is your fantasy football team? The, the person in real life is injured and may be out, may lose income because of the injury. And the only thing you can think about is your fantasy. You don't play the sport. You don't make money. Well, I, I, from what I understand, some some people are making money from these things. You know, this this gaming is a different industry. I I didn't realize how big of an industry uh, gaming is on all fronts. But anyway, I digress. And it's the same way for a lot of people when it comes to uh, what we believe and what we what we think we believe and what we actually believe. George Bonner put uh, put out a book. And um, I think you should read it. It's a great book. And now I was reading. It's called Futurecast, what today's trends mean for tomorrow's world. And um, in one chapter, he talks about, two chapters, he talks about uh, religion and talking about religious behavior, practicing what we think, uh, what, um, uh, media, technology, entertainment, the tools that, that define our lives, America's religious belief, the new train of thought, America's religious behavior, practicing what we think we preach. And that, the the last two chapters, you know, religious thought changing and uh, religious behavior, practicing what we think we preach. This is where it really comes into focus. There are millions of Americans who claim to be Christians particularly evangelical Christians, and those are mean, that basically mean that they have been born again. They believe they're born again, you know, they, and Jesus died for the sins. They're born again, and they're going to heaven, right? Those same persons, those same persons find it, uh, they find conflict because uh, their identity, their religious identity, their born again experience is wrapped up in their racial identity as well, or their social identity, or their political identity, or their um, familial identity. And Paul uh, Paul Tillich wrote a book, Dynamics of Faith, and this is another book I really think you ought to read. Um, it's, it's definitely impacted me. So much, and uh, in 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 that he talks about faith, all right, and uh, he talks about what faith is and what faith is not, and 
the real the, the real chapter of that is the symbols of faith. And he talks about religious symbols and the myths associated with symbols. And and this is where I want to get to with this argument, you know. The flag in and of itself is a symbol. A symbol is something that points to something other than itself. The cross is a symbol. The cross points us to Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified on the cross. And we use the cross, that that symbol of death, that symbol of uh, punishment, that symbol of of everything negative you can think about. We use that symbol in a positive manner to direct people to Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah. The American flag is a symbol. It's a symbol of 50 states that semi function semi-autonomously, who have a contractarian relationship, understanding that we are all part of a social organization, social community, and that we are connected and we're in covenant together under the federal system. Okay? The flag symbolizes the United States of America. Not the United States of Mexico, because that's, that's a different, you know, not Canada, just these United States of America. The good old U.S. of A. But somehow, just like the Confederate flag for those Southerners remains to be a symbol of their heritage, they 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 influx infuse that, and so you're not a patriot unless you hallow the flag, anthem that accompanies the flag. But again, both of those are symbols. The argument that people are using about being unpatriotic is the same argument that can be used for those Confederate bearing flags, like here in the Mississippi, uh, that still has that is still embedded in our state flag as a means of expression heritage. And so the reality is that many Christians have this cognitive dissonance that they are refusing to address, and it's this cognitive dissonance. Because of a symbol, and, 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 and even our Bible is a symbol. You know, the Bible is a symbol of our belief system, a series of constructs, you know, that we, are, you know, we say this is what we believe, this governs what we believe, and we'll buy by it. Now, you know, we know that in that symbol of the Bible, there are plenty of stories of violence. There's plenty of stories of murder. There are plenty of stories of state-sponsored terrorism or God-sponsored terrorism, if you want to call it that. But it is what it is, and yet we still rever both the symbol and the content. Uh, so, I, well, I don't want to get too far off on the tangent. The, the 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 thing about it is when when to made those comments she spoke from the heart and the heart was saying I know an action won't fix the reality of what's really happening racism that won't happen. Jesus is the means of getting that done. But the heart also said, or was interpreted, could be have been, been have been interpreted as saying, "Want to feel that way? I don't want to follow through with that alone. I'll I'll take the Christ part, but the race part, I don't want to deal with. It. I don't want to. I don't want to." Address it. I just, just, just let it be Jesus alone. I wish it were that simple, but it, it's never been that simple. It never will be that simple. It never will be simple. 
think about in our religious in the American religious experience in 1906 you had an inter- integrated worship service led by a black man named William Seymour where there was an outpouring of spiritual giftings from this you had the development of what is now known as the Pentecostal uh, apostolic movement you had churches and denominations grow out of this primarily the Church of God in Christ led by Bishop uh, C.H. Mason initially that movement led by Bishop Mason was interracial integrated interracial and people worshipped together but it was the whites whose heart had not really been changed and they could no longer worship with the blacks, which led to the beginnings of the Assemblies of God. It's a sad thing, but it's a reality. That's what happened. So it goes back to, and I'm, i got to close out on this, you know. It is a heart issue. We look at our president and we realize our president really doesn't have a sense of empathy or sympathy. If it if he has it, he has not displayed it at all. <laughs> his comments does not reflect it. You know, he it's like he's trying his hardest to try to at least sympathize with people, but he can't even get that right. And that's my you know that's my opinion on that. I don't know the man. I'm just going by what he says. You know, his tweets and his remarks. But anyway. We, as Christians, must be honest about our heart issue, both black and white. Because I know some very hateful black men and women, black Christians who can't stand white folk. And I know a lot of white Christians can't stand black folk. They're not in the Klan. They're not in the alt-right. They'll never publicly express it. They'll never... Go to these marches. They, they're the good people who would not have been in Charlottesville, but shared the sentiment of those who were. They're the ones who sit in the in the congregation. And I'll give you a very specific example. About three or four years ago, here in Mississippi, Crystal Springs, Mississippi, there was a black couple who was going to the First Baptist Church there. They were welcomed. They were loved. The people were glad that they were there. And the couple wanted to have their wedding in their church. And you would have thought the Civil War had started all over again. Those folks said no. They threatened to fire the preacher just because he had consented to officiate the wedding. And every last one of them said the same thing. Well, I'm not racist. I'm not, We, you know, they, they come to our church. We sit next to them. We're not racist. They weren't racist outwardly, but their heart was. Again, it is a heart problem. And until we deal with the heart problem, we won't ever get the real problem, the root of the problem. So anyway, I've run out of time. Thank you for listening in. I appreciate you for all you've done. Listen, I want to make sure that you get a copy of my book, Breaching the Family. Go to LorenzoTNeal.com. You can order from there or Amazon. Barnes & Noble is available anywhere. Tune in and you can listen to every archive show. Uh, simply by going to blogtalkradio.com slash zero today, and you can listen to archive shows all the way back to 2010. Also, uh, you can download it, and it's available on iTunes, so you can get all of that. But make sure you follow us on social media and tune in every time, and we'll be out of this. We'll, we'll be back again, hopefully, this time next year, next week. This is Pastor Renzo Neal. I'm out. God bless you.